Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we're going to be continuing here in chapter 11 of the book of 2 Corinthians. And uh, I don't know, it is possible we'll get through it all today, but I I don't know. Maybe break it down into two, perhaps three. The uh, subject matter for the rest of the chapter is one subject. And so we could get through it all in a hurry, but maybe we'll take our time. We'll just see what the Lord wants, and we'll go from there. I've enjoyed studying this book of the Bible with you, and we've weaved our way, worked our way through it, and into this 11th chapter. And we have found that Paul is writing in defense of himself because the Corinthians are accusing him. They are slandering him. Some are criticizing him. There has been a group of Judaizers, Jewish people who have come in and they are uh, proselyting, polluting, perverting the uh, faith of these Corinthians and are turning them against Paul. It's amazing how those who would give room to error, compromise, whatever you want to call it, can gather a following, even from those who have been taught the truth and saved by the truth. And it's amazing how much room man will give to error and how quick he is to toss away truth. That is the flesh, the carnal nature, this Adamic nature that we still all battle, deal with, and live with every single day. And so Paul is having to answer the critics. They were trying to poke holes in Paul's message by finding flaws in Paul's person. And so let's look here. Paul has gone through this chapter saying that uh, uh, if you can put up with them, maybe you can put up with me as well. He said, you suffer fools gladly. So Paul said, let me be a fool for a minute. And uh, Paul is sort of being a little sarcastic with them. Verse number 22, he begins and asks these questions. Are they Hebrews? Well, so am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. So Paul is saying, hey, listen, you're following them because of uh, their uh, touting their tradition, their Uh, standing, their race, their nationality. He said, I am everything they are and then some. In fact, Paul tells us he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He wasn't some elementary student in the Jewish religion. He was an advanced scholar of Judaism. He'd been trained at the feet of some of the best minds in that religion. Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He had accolade among his people at that time before he got born again. He said now in verse 23, are they ministers of Christ? Now think about this. I speak as a fool, I am more. So he's saying, now I'm being sarcastic here. Are they preachers? Well, I'm, a, I'm more of a preacher than they are. And that's the truth. And these individuals weren't even born again. They weren't saved. They were preaching heresy. They were heretics. That's exactly what they were. They were wolves parading around in sheep's clothing, perverting the minds and hearts of the Corinthian believers. Paul said, do you think they're servants, <coughs> excuse me, they're uh, servants of Christ? He said, well, I'm more. Let me speak as a fool a minute. And now... He gets into the subject matter that will take up the remaining several verses of the chapter. He talks about all the things that he endured and he had experienced and he had uh, uh, suffered through for the sake of the gospel, not just for the sake of the gospel, but also for the sake of the Corinthians' souls so he could preach the gospel to them. And he's trying to get these people to understand that he loves them, that he cares for them. 
Uh, you've heard the statement before, your talk talks and your walk walks, but your walk will talk louder than your talk talks. And Paul said, I've got to walk to match my talk. I've got performance to meet my preaching. He said, these people haven't gone through anything for you. He said, I want you to see what I've suffered through. And now Paul begins to list the sufferings he had seen and he had experienced in the ministry. Let me stop there and say, you're listening to me today and you think, well, I think I'll get in the ministry. That'll be about the easiest job I could get. Just work a couple hours here and there on Sunday and Wednesday, and that'll be it. Can I say, you better be prepared for suffering. In fact, if God is going to use you greatly, he'll have to break you. You'll have to suffer. Just how it is, God perfects his vessels in the furnace of affliction. Fire strengthens and fire perfects that clay pot. It is pressure that produces a diamond from a lump of coal. And that man who is the potter goes and tears out that clay from the earth, and then he breaks it down, grinds it down, beats it. I mean, it's a, it's a painful process to get the beauty out of that pot, to get the beauty out of that clay. And so Paul is going to tell us, I've gone through some things. Maybe you're listening today and you've gone through some things, but don't think it unfair. You and I are no better than the Apostle Paul. Jesus suffered. And if our Lord suffered, all of the apostles suffered, don't you think you and I might experience some suffering? In fact, the Bible tells us to count it all joy when you, uh, uh, when you experience diverse temptations, when you endure diverse temptations, when you experience diverse temptations, all these different trials in life. Why? Because the perfecting of your faith, which is pure than gold, he said it's going to work in you something amazing to the glory of God. Well, let's see what Paul went through in verse 23. Uh, he begins, he said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. Now here it is, in labors more abundant. So he said, hey, listen, you're following after those Judaizers, but I want you to remember I have worked harder than they have worked. That's right. You know, people will watch you to see how much you invest and how much you work. I don't think a preacher ought to be lazy. I don't think any man ought to be lazy. A Christian ought to be lazy. Now, the definition of laziness might vary from person to person. I don't know. But I'm saying this. You ought not be skirting responsibility. You ought to be willing to work. I remember uh, uh, whenever uh, we, uh, before we came here and the church that I was at before, I mean, a smaller church, and we didn't have, we had zero staff. And so thank God for some laymen in the church that would help us out. But uh, many of those, in fact, Every day of the week, basically, that wasn't a, a preaching hour was spent in maintenance. That's just what we did. I was on a riding lawnmower. I was running a weed eater. We painted the entire church. We were resetting, excuse me if this is too much, resetting uh, toilets that had, that had been leaking, fixing pipes. I mean, that's just part of it, uh, pulling landscape and putting in new, I mean, putting up new signage and it's just part of the work and uh putting up boards under the uh the uh, the drive uh under the uh the the roof the ceiling of the uh, driveway so it looked nice i mean just all these different things but you and i to be willing to work and paul said listen i can prove my love to you because the proof is in the performance i labored and i didn't just labor but i was laboring more abundant i mean far beyond what those people ever did now watch this in stripes above measure he said i have been beaten for for you and for the gospel. He said, you think I'm a, I'm a phony, I'm a charlatan, I'm a, I'm a fly-by-night just coming through the town to sell you some snake oil and get out of town with some money in my pocket? No, I've been beaten for this thing. If he was a false prophet, there's no way he would have endured even one of those chastisements that he went through. Not one night in prison, 
No, he'd have bowed out. He'd have, he'd, he'd have recanted. He'd have said, no, thank you. I think I'll go sell car insurance, something like that. But he said, hey, listen, I, I've labored. I've worked myself to death, and I've been beaten beyond what I thought I could ever endure for you. I know what it is to bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I've been bruised. I've been bloodied. I've been battered, but I'm still at it. Now watch this, in prisons more frequent. He said, they're not arresting Joel Osteen. They're not arresting uh, uh, the uh, prosperity preacher. They're not arresting the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the liberal uh, ecumenical fellow down the road. He said, but I tell you, I've been preaching the gospel, and I've spent many a night in jail. I know what it is to sleep on the cold, damp floor in a dungeon, to have chains around ankles and wrists to not be fed properly, to have Roman guards and other soldiers stare at me through the night and treat me as though I'm a murderer. He said, it doesn't just happen once a year. He said, more frequent. In fact, a lot of the letters he pens, he pens from prison. A lot of the things that we uh, learn about Paul, they happened to him in prison. Now watch this, in deaths oft. That's a strong statement, isn't it? Paul was on the very verge of death, not just once or twice, but the word he uses is often. He said repeatedly. He said, I thought my life was over, and it was for your sake. I was serving for your sake. I was facing uh, hardship for your sake. I was beaten for your sake. I was in prison for your sake and the sake of the gospel. And I got all the way up to the very goal line of death, not just on one occasion. But he said, I went through that, and I went through that often. Deaths oft. He knew what it was to face death eyeball to eyeball in, on many occasions. So what Paul's doing here, and we're going to have to finish this up another broadcast. We've got too much more to look at. Paul is saying, I've gone through some things. I've seen some things. I've faced some things. I've lifted some things. I've carried some things. I have pressed on through some things because of the gospel and my love for you. Christian, you and I need to be, uh, be, need to be discerning and need to be watching that because we don't like rebuke or we don't like reproof or we don't like correction, we throw out the preacher of truth for somebody who propagates error. Look at who's invested in your life. I guarantee you it's not the televangelist or the person after your money, but it's that old-fashioned preacher who'll come to your bedside and pray and thinks about you through the night and is there to help you uh, when your children are born and get married and then bury your loved ones when they die. Stand for truth and stand for those who preach it. That's all of our time for today. Until next time, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.